everybody, this is Tom Arnold, and you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Tim Slagle still swimming against the stream. Or is he? I had friends tell me before that uh, that that, that, uh, that even if the if the stream was running the, the other way, I would be going totally a different direction. It's this it's the struggle I like, not necessarily the position. We'll hear more from Tim in just a few minutes. Penn and Teller try to run some BS by us, but first, as always, fake news. And now fake news with me. This month, congressional salaries slid to their lowest inflation-adjusted levels since December 1990. When congressional approval ratings are at historic lows, congressional pay, $174,000 a year for rank-and-file senators and House members, may seem high, but some argue that the shrinking paychecks for public service perpetuates a political culture where mostly the rich can afford to serve in office, said one GOP official. Now you're catching on! A new study out Thursday finds that heavy coffee consumption is associated with higher death risk in men and women younger than 55. In the study published online in the journal Mayo Clinic Proceedings, men younger than 55 who drank more than 28 cups of coffee a week, 4 cups a day, were 56% more likely to have died from any cause. Starbucks, hearing the news, plans to offer an embalming fluid latte. Police say there were children in a southern Ontario motel room where officers seized 40 pythons. A guest in a neighboring room at the Brantford, Ontario motel said Friday the residents had five young children with them. Actor Samuel Jackson, who was also staying at the hotel, was overheard to say... I won't do it. The Republican National Committee passed a resolution today blocking NBC and CNN from partnering with the GOP for any presidential debates during the 2016 primary process because they have not scuffled their pending films on Hillary Clinton. RNC chairman Reese Priebus wrote August 5th letters to the networks asking them to pull the movies before the vote today or the group would put it on the floor during the RNC's summer meeting. It passed by unanimous vote at the meeting, and NBC officials were very disappointed with the results as the 2012 debates were that network's highest-rated comedy program. Children who have trouble sleeping tend to do worse in school than their peers who get a good night's sleep, a new study suggests. Researchers in Brazil looked at children ages 7 to 10 who attended Sao Paulo public schools. They found kids with symptoms of sleep disorders or sleep breathing disorders earned lower grades than those without problems sleeping. They found kids with the symptoms of sleep disorders or sleep breathing disorders earned lower grades than those without problems sleeping. American students have similar issues, though many of them get caught up on sleep during class. The rainbow, the official symbol of LGBT equality everywhere, has been making quite a splash since Russian President Vladimir Putin signed anti-gay propaganda legislation last month criminalizing public expression of non-traditional relationships. American 800-meter runner Nick Simmons said that he had intended to wear a rainbow badge to show his support, but was told he risked a jail sentence if he did, according to Reuters. Instead, he dedicated the silver medal he took home to gay and lesbian friends. Russia is still debating whether the biathlon will be held at the upcoming Winter Olympics. Many young women use the pull-out method for birth control, a new study suggests. Researchers compiling surveys from more than 2,000 women found that 31% had used the pull-out method, also known as withdrawal, coitus interruptist, and faith-based contraception, or pull-and-pray. And finally, the Seattle Police Department announced this week that come Saturday, officers would flood the annual Hemfest, which celebrates marijuana culture, and issue bags of Doritos to civilians who may be suffering from the munchies. The department will attach a sticker to each bag, directing them to the website information on following state laws when smoking marijuana in the state. In turn, Hemfest organizers plan to have plenty of free donuts on hand for law enforcement officials. 
And that's been Fake News with me. I'm a big Penn & Teller fan and have been for years. In fact, in college, my buddy Rob and I bestowed the accolade of genius upon them, as we did with other uh, entertainers of the time, uh, Steve Martin, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, all these people. And we did it musically as well, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen, U2. These were people, musical genius, comedy genius. That was just a thing we just bestowed on people. And uh, my dad and I always enjoyed watching Penn & Teller on Letterman, of course, where we would always surprise Dave with, with some wacky thing, like when they opened up the microphone and all the cockroaches ran out and everything. So huge Penn & Teller fan. Uh, saw their show in Vegas, by the way. Recommended. Uh, go see them at the Rio. Um, that show is a little bit undersold, and it's, it's just fabulous to see them. See them on TV is one thing. Seeing them actually live is incredible. Also, check out their buddy Matt King in the afternoon over at Harris. He's also uh, very funny. All right. Big Penn & Teller fan. Uh, comedy geniuses. Also, I would say... Uh, maybe close to genius on just a regular everyday level because these are pretty bright guys and of course now they're libertarians and uh, I get the libertarian thing I like a little bit of it disagree with a lot of it but I was poking around the internet a couple of weeks ago and I came across a clip from uh, Penn and Teller's show Bull and it discusses wealth redistribution. Now, first of all, uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about income inequality, which is just a horrible term. It's, worth, it's worse than wealth redistribution because uh, in, uh, income inequality sounds like everybody should have equal income, which, of course, is not the case, as we discussed last week with the fast food workers. Okay, If you uh, invent it or develop it or build it, as our Republican friends say, then, yeah, you should have a big house. You should be able to go on overseas vacation. You should have more stuff than the people that are just chipping in to help you out. And even though you're compensating them, you, you should have more of the, of, the, of, the, uh, of the pie, as it were, which is what Penn & Teller are going to try to uh, use as an example here. But the people helping you, on the other hand, shouldn't have to live in a cardboard box. All right, so here's this little skit that Penn & Teller did uh, about wealth redistribution, and uh, I'm going to walk you through it here, okay? So it starts off Penn & Teller sitting at a table, and if you don't really listen to what's going on, it's classic Penn & Teller. It's hilarious. It's Penn being loud and boisterous and Teller having those funny facial expressions. But uh, when you actually break it down, it's a little disturbing. So here, you, here we go. No, 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 Teller. I'm not taking pie from you. I'm giving pie. Okay, so Teller's trying. Teller's trying to eat some pie, and then Penn keeps pie, taking it. So I gave pie to me. Now I don't have any pie. Now Teller's about to take another bite of pie. Pie from you. I'm giving pie to me. And Teller's looking annoyed now. It's, it's very hilarious. Tries to get another piece of pie. And uh oh, what do you think Penn's gonna do? Hmm. I don't have any more pie. There you go. Do you understand, Teller? I'm not taking pie from you. I'm giving pie to me. Thanks for cutting that piece. And now Teller's getting really fed up. Now, <clears throat> neither one of us has any pie. So we'll find someone else who has pie. We won't take the pie from them. We'll give it to us. Now, where does Bill Gates live? Okay, uh, interesting little skit, but ironically, it is in fact bullshit. And uh, we're going to demonstrate that. Uh, I'm going to get some help from producer Lizzie. Hello, producer Lizzie. Hi. Okay, well, for our uh, purposes of demonstration, uh, we're not going to use pie because uh, pie is not uh, Lizzie's favorite treat. Lizzie, what is your favorite treat? 
cookies and brownies. Okay, well, we're going to use uh, Chips Ahoy Minis. Uh, they are not a sponsor, by the way. We're going to use Chips Ahoy Mini. Uh, I have a big bowl of Chips Ahoy Minis right in front of me. And since I wrote the dumb bit here and I developed a podcast, uh, I should have this big bowl of cookies. But since you're helping out, Lizzie, I'm going to give you a couple of cookies. Here you go. Can I have more? Um, no. Why not? If I weren't here, you'd have to do this dumb bit by yourself, and it would be even dumber. Yeah, but you shouldn't have as many cookies as me. I don't want as many cookies as you, just a few more. Well, I'm afraid I can't do that. In fact, I'm going to need to take some of your cookies. Why? Then I don't want any. Well, yes, but the reason you don't have any cookies is because I don't have enough cookies. But you have a whole bowl. Well, I have a whole bowl and another package here, and we have a whole bunch on the shelf down in the pantry. You'll never eat all of those. Well, no, I won't. But in order for you to have cookies, I need more cookies. I don't get it. Well, if I have a really big bowl of cookies, one or two may spill out and drop into your bowl. You're such a mean person. No, 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 no. I'm not a mean person. I'm not greedy. I'm a cookie creator. I provide the opportunity for you to get cookies. How? By taking your cookies and your bowl <laughs> and this glass of milk and your jacket here. Hey, this is the North Face! Tim Slagle is a stand-up comedian based in Chicago, but he is most closely associated with the Minneapolis comedy scene. While not what you would call a conservative comic, he does make fun of social and political things from a decided perspective, and maybe one that isn't shared by the majority of comedians out there. Uh, always good to talk to Tim Slagle, uh, even though he's completely wrong on a lot of things, it's always good to talk with Tim. Here's our chat with Tim Slagle. Okay, joining us on PFC Recorder is the return of Tim Slagle. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing okay. It's uh, it's summer. I'm happy for that. Yes, summer's a good time. Yes. Well, um, a couple of weeks after our last discussion, we ended up in a uh, Facebook debate over uh, economics. I don't know if you'll recall, which turned out to be quite a funny conversation. But um, do you remember that? Uh, sort of. Yeah. Well, we were. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. You know what? I'm just a rat in Zuckerberg's cage. That's They're all exact, I am. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I spend my days just hoping that, uh, that, that, that that I say something clever enough to make a little food pellet pop up in the upper right-hand corner. There you go. <laughs> I love that description. That's funny. Um, yeah, well, we were debating about uh, what the, whether companies are, are sitting on, on cash, which was uh, a point I tried to make to you. And you're counterpoint i believe was that well even if they're sitting on it, they're not really sitting on it because it's 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 still doing something if it's sitting there it's getting invested somehow anyway and then uh i, I accidentally dragged jimmy Dore into it because i i quoted him and didn't want to you know steal his quote so i tagged him in it and then he jumped into it and it just got silly from there but um I, yeah that, he screamed at me for about two weeks yeah. after that before, <laughs> he uh, tends to do that yeah before <laughs> oh, he, he's unabashed in doing that I've, I've stopped doing that i no longer uh, comment on anything on Facebook like that anymore because one I'm just worn out and uh, and and two it just you know I who has the time I just don't have the time to do that anymore so 
Yeah, well, for me, it's been an exercise in clearing the friends list. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, well tor- uh, I, I don't have the heart to. Uh, I don't have the heart to, to delete some of them. Yeah. So I, I make them delete themselves. Yeah. Or you can hide them. I hide a lot of people now. I'm just like you know what? I don't need to. You have to go through that because you don't want them to go back and say, "Hey, wait a minute, aren't we friends anymore?" Because my wife's cousin did that. She unfriended her, and my wife couldn't figure out why. And I was like, "Why didn't you just hide me?" I mean, I just you know. Because people that know how Facebook works. Um, well, I think there's, I think there's some sort of satisfaction in it, though. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, you take that. You just, you know, get out of my life. You know, click. <laughs> give, give it, it just, it, it, you know, it, it feels better. It's more of a, more of an exclamation point. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we could, we could agree for folks that don't know. I mean, it, it, as far as uh, stand-up comedy. You're kind of summing up against the stream in the socio-political uh, realm of things. Can, was that an accurate description? Uh, uh, somewhat what? You're, sw- you're swimming against the stream. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had friends tell me before that uh, that that uh, that even if the if the stream was running the the other way, yeah, I, I would be I would be going totally a different direction. It's this it's the struggle I like, not necessarily the position. I, I can see that because I adopt a lot of positions sometimes with my uh, progressive friends. I go, oh, now wait a minute, but what about this point? And the thing I always loved about you, though, is that uh, you're not one of these guys that's out there promoting the fact that you're swimming against the stream. You just go out there quietly and stand on the river and start marching, you know, without saying... Cause there, <laughs> there are a lot of guys that will go, oh, well, I'm, you know, uh, you know, of this mind and people won't uh, hire me and things, all this other now, but you just, uh, yeah, you just soldier on and it's, it's just gorgeous. And, and it's, you know, and you're funny. But, you know, the humor comes first, obviously. Uh, that's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> that's the <laughs> it idea. Might, it might have, it might, uh, there, there, there might be, uh, there might be some wisdom in that. Yeah. Comedy first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the joke's got to come first, they say. Um, and with you, it certainly does. What kind of things are you discussing these days on stage? Well, actually, what, uh, what's been bugging me lately is that, uh, is, is that people, is that kids today don't, uh, don't have a good vision of the future. And in, in what it, way? It, it's, well, you know, for me, the future was was jetpacks and oh, flying yeah. cars, and you know, it was uh, the future was you know it was grand and you know and exciting. Uh, Pan Am trips to the moon. Now it's uh, uh, bicycles and windmills. <laughs> That's not the future. That's 16th century Holland. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's I I, I I don't know what happened that you know that. Uh, that, that, that all the optimism is gone, and that actually, and it, you know, it, it almost seems we're going back. Is uh, Minneapolis? Uh, uh, they're, they're trying to get streetcars. Yeah, they're trying to do that here too. Why? I don't know. It, you know, that's one thing that I. And what's weird about it is, um, I don't mean to make this a left and right issue because it really isn't. But the people I've talked to that are in favor of it are actually a lot of uh, conservatives because they're living in an area that's going to directly benefit from this thing going from downtown up to the University of Cincinnati. And I say, the heck with a streetcar, I want a monorail. <laughs> <laughs> I actually rode on the monorail in, uh, in Seattle. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember when the, 
what was it? Was that the 65 World's Fair? Yeah, Am 62. Right there? there was a PBS special 62. on it people can look for. Um, 62. Yeah, 62, the World's Fair and the, how they built the – and it's so cool. And that's, that's like my favorite ride at Walt Disney World is the monorail. <laughs> yeah, but I remember the Seattle monorail. I still remember I still remember pictures of it and saying, wow, that's uh, – in the future, these are going to be all over the country. Right. It just looks yeah. so neat and futuristic. And, and the first time I worked Seattle, that was something I had to do. They still got it there. Uh, yes, I, I I made it a point to get on the monorail, and uh, you know, it, but by that point, I had already become quite familiar with public transit, and it and it kind of felt exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, from an aesthetic I, standpoint, I got on it. It smelled like uh, <laughs> uh, perspiration and urine, <laughs> and it's like, wow, is that is that what the future smells like? <laughs> Well, I guess from an aesthetic standpoint, the monorail and the streetcar, people think, oh, it just, I, I don't think there's anything beyond the fact that it maybe just looks nicer. But I mean, if you're worried about, you know, uh, pollution or things like that, well, then just power buses with, you know, natural gas or even, heck, I'm sure the solar technology, you know, will, will be existent soon enough. You could slap a solar panel on top of a bus and you've accomplished the same thing. I don't, I don't understand and, and the romance. The nice thing about a bus is like if a neighborhood burns down, yeah, you, you don't uh, uh, the, you don't have to rip out tracks to alter the you know the bus route to, to, to go where people actually want to go. Yeah, or even if there's traffic or if there's a ball game or something, you're like, well, hey, you know, we, we need to you know move more people to here this day because that's what they do now with buses. That's what they used to do in Cleveland. Is when there was uh, football games, they'd up the bus routes out to the suburbs to the shopping malls and it would bring people down to the game. And you know, it's it seems a much more flexible idea, but. Yeah, I think too many people are sold on this notion that there was a conspiracy to pull out the pull out the streetcars by by GM and the oil companies and, and Firestone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and the, the truth is, no, it was just an antiquated technology that there, there there was no use for anymore. That buses buses at that point were the future, and, and people yeah. wanted them, and they made sense. And yeah, I, mean, I, I think- got in an argument one time. I, I was out in San Francisco. I got in an argument with a hippie. That, uh, that that she actually said that the the cable cars in San Francisco are zero energy transportation. Hmm, that doesn't it's sound the, right. Is <laughs> that the way that they work? <laughs> is that they're connected underneath by cables? So as one car is going down uh, uh, on the other side of the city, it pulls the other car up. Hmm. And that it's just a, just an infinite loop. That it's all time, so that so that it, 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 as cars go down, it pulls other cars up. So it requires. Whoop! I think I lost you. Absolutely no energy okay. whatsoever. Huh? Yeah. yeah see, I know. if you, <laughs> I know. you, it's one of those things that you think, wow, that might actually be no, but that can't be how it's done. No. Yeah. Junior high science would tell you that Newton uh, and. Uh, uh, right, right. Yeah. The, the, the hmm. friction loss and that, and uh, and I, I actually, I actually uh, went to visit it. I, I found out that the the cable that they use uh, has to be replaced. All the entire cable has to be replaced, like every three months, because it wears because it wears so thickly. Yeah. Well, to wrap up mass transit talk for today, I was just going to say that the San Francisco uh, cable cars, of course, are historic and iconic, but as and and slightly practical climbing those hills, I guess. But yeah, people in other cities just imagine this is going to be, you know, some really great thing, and they don't really look at the practicality of it. But, um, but that's what you're saying about the young people, not really. Uh, 
looking they're forward. Not, they're not, they're, yeah, they don't. They, they don't have a. They don't have a vision for the future. You, you, you know, it's uh, yeah. It, like the Pan Am flights to the moon. That's I mean, that's another one. That was by by this time in history, we were supposed to be able to book a flight to the moon. Oh yeah, I tell my daughter all the time when I was her age that we you'll be living in space, and she, and I told her I said you know one day you'll be living in space. She goes really. I said no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> You're not going to live in space. I mean that's that, that's such disappointment. I'm not. I, I know a lot of people are really patriotic about the moon landings. Yeah. It, it, you know, I it it, it kind of reminds me of a, a typical government program. It, it you know, ten billion dollars for per round trip to get three people there. Yeah. It's kind of like Amtrak. Yep. Well, I think a lot of good did come from the the space program and technology and stuff, and a lot of you know private industry certainly benefited from that. So, in the but why we didn't keep that going, I don't understand. Well, there's also there's also the pride thing. Everyone says it's a source of national pride. We we yeah. put a man on the moon, and I don't look at it that way. You know, when I worked for a company and my boss got to go to Jamaica, we didn't all stand around saying, "Wow, what a proud company." We are. We put a man in Jamaica. <laughs> oh, no, he was—he was just an asshole. <laughs> you were glad to be rid of him because we, yeah, we had to, well, we yeah, because we had to, you know, work overtime to cover for him. <laughs> While well, he got to go to the moon. That, uh... So, uh, what else is, is stuck in your craw? Anything at current events bugging you these days? Or are you kind of uh, just you know, letting bygones be bygones with a lot of stuff? Uh, as we wind, as we head rocket towards 2016. Well, there's there's nothing that we think that we can do. It, uh, it it it's just happening. The the Republicans have pretty much laid down on the tracks and said, "Please run over." It's uh, we must just we must just send Hillary to the throne right now. Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of a there might be some challenge there. <clears throat> Uh, the only challenge I see for the uh, uh, White House in 2016 to Hillary is from Michelle. Bachman? Uh, Obama. Oh, uh, really? Huh. I don't know. I think, I, I don't know. I think it'll be, a, I don't think it's a slam dunk at this point. My mom hopes so. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold. Yeah, she's a big, uh, big Hillary fan. She was with you guys for a while. Until Fox News started telling her that uh, her her pension was the reason America was going broke, and she was like, "Wait a second! I paid into that thing. Give me my goddamn money." <laughs> so that was the end of it for her. But, uh, what, what, what's the pension with? Uh, she was a she was a teacher, uh, oh. college, college professor. So she's not eligible for Social Security. She has to pay a ton for Medicare, and uh, and yet she's she was being told that uh, that they that and her stockbroker told her that too, and she's like horse pucky. So. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the governments, they didn't take the money and put it in an account like they were supposed to. Well, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of, you know, bad investments and stuff. Yeah, a lot of them, uh, a lot of those pensions were used for, you know, trips. And I'm trying to think of government ways for now I can't, so I'll just pass over. Okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> now, I can't remember, do you live in Minneapolis or do you, where... I, I live outside Chicago. Uh, okay, that's right. That yeah, yeah, that's right. And you're on the radio sometimes in Chicago. Now it's it's all coming back to me. We were just there for Lollapalooza last weekend. Yeah, 
this year Lollapalooza was the first year I can remember in a long time that uh, that I actually wanted to go. Yeah, there was the killers were amazing on Friday night. Oh my god! Yeah, I saw. I I I, uh, I streamed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can uh, some guy in Brazil. The official Lollapalooza thing edited about ten minutes out, including this great acoustic version of uh, Human. But some guy in Brazil captured it and posted the whole thing. So. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually watched it. It looked, it looked fantastic. It's, oh yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether, um, whether I'm getting hipper or this year they just book bands that appealed more to my demographic. I don't know. But it um, was, the, there it was were... the first time in years that I could that I could actually uh, recognize uh, uh, more than one or two of the group's <laughs> names. Well, there weren't that many <laughs> old folks bands. I went and saw New Order. Um, we only went Friday. We couldn't afford to go the other two days, and we didn't get press coverage for it, so we had to buy tickets off StubHub. But um, the rest of the line, I mean, New Order was there. The Cure was there. Um, who, uh, Nails. Vampire Weekend Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, so some of, the, some of the old folks' bands were there, but um, a lot of young bands I like were there. San Cisco was really good. Uh, glad I got to see them. Uh, Icona Pop were surprisingly good. Um, their current hit being I Love It, of course, uh, all over the radio. But um, the thing is, is when I, was, I could tell there were a lot of parents that brought their maybe teenagers and uh, and things there. And I thought I was hip. And just standing around in that crowd, I felt like an old fool. That's why I didn't go. <laughs> I, would have, I would have gone. But I said, yeah, I'm just going to I'm I'm just going to feel old. That's all it's going to do is it's yeah, going to yeah. it's going to make me it's going to make me feel old. And that's uh you know, if, if, if I want that, all I have to do is get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was surprised. The, the New Order crowd was definitely old folks. It was old folks like me. There was one young couple behind me, and uh, the kid was explaining to his girlfriend, oh, they, they used to be Joy Division, and the lead singer died, and then they reformed. I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and But Killers, I was surprised. It was a lot of lads. It was a sea of lads, and to the point where when they were doing human acoustic, you couldn't hear Brandon Flowers because all the lads, including me, were singing along at the top of our lungs. And the only girls <laughs> that were there were girlfriends that were dragged there by their boyfriends. But um, it was it was pretty funny. So I didn't feel too bad in that crowd. Is uh, my my guess is is that is that whoever put the shows together said you know the the, the uh, we we could actually add some bands that are about the age of the parents yeah exactly of the kids that are coming out for this yeah totally and then they actually they actually did it purposefully so that uh, to to make it a to make it a daddy daughter date I think so yeah and it was and that's exactly what my uh, wife and the youngest one stayed back at the hotel they almost came down but then they realized that it was just it wasn't like a sea of people they manage it really well but it was enough of a crowd they're not big on crowds enough of a crowd to keep them away. But uh, they did a nice job with it, and it's, of course, it's 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 a gorgeous city. I know there's some problem out in the neighborhoods, but uh, which is a shame because you know, I mean, the 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 the, the downtown proper and all that, the Loop and, and uh, North River and all that is just so gorgeous, and it's you know, always just fun to visit. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, what's amazing to me is that uh, uh, is it is that I often wonder if it's possible to build a big, beautiful city without a ton of corruption yeah i don't know if one follows the other or if other you know i don't know which follows which but it seems that every beautiful big city is just entirely corrupt yeah they even so look at it, uh toronto which everyone says you know is about the same size as chicago oh and look oh look the mayor's doing crack so it's as i always say <laughs> be be suspicious of any large system be it a government or a corporation because once the thing gets big enough 
you know, entropy just takes over, you know, and, and people can't help themselves. Yeah, but, but, but Chicago's been corrupt. Oh yeah, since, well that's you know since since was Fort Dearborn. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's that's it's it's weighted more toward it was, toward it, that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think it was the big that invited the corruption. It was. It, it was. It seems that the corruption put together the big. Yeah, I, in Chicago's case, historically, I would I would accept that as an axiom. Yes. Yeah. But um, and New York. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a weird situation they got there with that mayor. Man. And then you got then you got cities like New Orleans and San Francisco that were built uh, that were built by uh, uh, prostitutes and pirates. Yes, yes. And then of course so you have Cleveland that was built on rock and roll. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they say. <laughs> it's it's. I was actually thinking of putting together a meme if I ever had the ambition. Is uh, is uh, there was this before there was this is 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 kind of the theme. Yeah, and it would be there was Alice Cooper before there was Marilyn Manson. There yeah. was Bob Seger before there was Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, uh, uh, there was Iggy Pop before there were the Sex Pistols. Yeah, and uh, uh, and then the final thing would be now why is Cleveland the, uh, the 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 capital of rock and roll? Well, that's where it started, baby. So I'm a native, so you're going to get an argument out of me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight all those Memphis people if I gotta. But um, I was just watching a, a documentary on they reran on PBS about uh, Alan Freed and all the early disc jockeys and stuff, and uh, I, I cannot get enough of that kind of stuff. That uh, rock and roll history. Uh-huh. So um, heading to Minneapolis. Oh, where else have you been uh, been touring, and how's the, have things been going? If uh, are people of, uh, I know sometimes you you run into some crowd situations, but other times, you know, uh, I think people, you know, they know what time it is. I've been I've been doing mostly private stuff. Okay, lately. So uh, uh, it's uh, the, I'm invited. <laughs> <laughs> it's friendly faces. So there, yeah. there 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 hasn't been any there hasn't been any incidents. Is uh, last time I was in Minneapolis, I think no, it was time before last. There, there, there was an incident in Minneapolis. I, uh, uh, I did the open, I did the open mic night. Oh, okay. And uh, um, well, on, on Monday, and uh, they just uh, the kids did just did not buy Grandpa that night. <laughs> well, that's how I feel. <laughs> What's really weird is um, I do uh, the the pro we call it the pro am here, and um, a guy I used to write with on the Gary Burbank show. Uh, is actually about ten years older than me, and he's kind of like the the father figure of the of the group there. And uh, they're all nice to him. And as soon as I get off stage, everyone's making fun of how white PF is and all the other stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, 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 that's that's fine. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, uh, so we got to get down to Cincinnati though, because I think uh, you would you would fit in better than you would think down here. I think. Huh. I, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been there in a while. I, I, I always used to enjoy it. I always, there, there's something about river towns I always get a kick out of. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, they're all, uh, uh, pe- people are different when, uh, when they're, when their downtown area is built like a bicycle wheel rather than, uh, ra- rather than a grid. Right. And it can be inundated at any moment by the forces of nature. <laughs> Like uh, Pittsburgh's that way, and uh, I suppose. But it's uh, uh, Detroit, Detroit, DC, Cincinnati, New Orleans. I mean, they're all they're all, they're all built uh, uh, with streets radiating out of the center. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if that does anything about people's personalities. It's just a, it's just an observation I wanted to make. I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is strange. Well, you know, cities often you know form people's personalities. I had this discussion with uh, Tammy Pascatelli and also John Caprulo more about being. Uh, how the the Cleveland Browns have affected our lives, and and John Caprulo, I've told the story before, said that uh, it's made you it made him a person that thinks no matter how well things are going, you know the other shoe's going to drop and disaster is on the way. And then Tammy Pascatelli said, following the Browns and Cleveland sports is probably why we all get into such bad dysfunctional relationships because this is what we're used to and that's what we deserve. Which is a great observation. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's where we're coming from on the North Coast. Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, good luck in Minneapolis. Uh, this, of course, as always, will be in City Pages in print and online, and uh, the podcast will drop a week from Sunday uh, in time for your uh, run up there in uh, Minneapolis. Okay, cool. Thanks a lot. Good all right, talking man. to you. All right, Tim. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Tim Slagle for being on the show. Always a good chat with Tim. Always nice to talk about politics and society and comedy. And Tim's always a good sport, uh, you know, knowing where I'm coming from and all that. You can catch Tim Tuesday, August 20th through Saturday, August 24th at the Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis. Uh, a rare club date for him as uh, all those rich Republicans are paying him to do private events. So this would be a good chance to catch Tim. And I do recommend it. So go out there and see Tim, please. Uh, let me see. Oh, and find out more about Tim at TimSlagle.com. That'll fill in some more uh, more blanks for you there. There's a lot of lot of fun stuff there. All right, and let me see. The uh, usual credits I'm going to skip because it just uh, there's 108 episodes of PS Tape Recorder. Go back and, and cherry-pick through them. All kinds of great guests and funny bits and stuff. And let me see. Uh, do attend Brouhaha, which will be uh, Friday, August 23rd, and Saturday, August 24th. Tom Arnold headlines Friday. We interviewed him last week. Reno Collier headlines Saturday night. And then uh, in between, all kinds of great comedians. A lot of local people from Cincinnati, both that are still in the area. Some are coming back, like Alex Stone, very funny. Uh, do catch him. And also folks like Chad Daniels, Keith Arbelstadt, uh, people like that will be traveling in to do the Comedy Festival right there on the river in Cincinnati. Just go to any search engine, as they say on the BBC, and type in Cincy Brouhaha. That'll take you right to the homepage. You can find the schedule and everything. Uh, highly recommended. Lots of beer, lots of laughs. Check it out. All right, uh, that is about all the stuff we have on the docket for today, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.